The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. You chose to take a journey down a long and dangerous trail Chose to serve your country and we know you served us well But now you're back and it's our duty to keep you safe and warm Shake your hand and welcome you back home with open arms We're America, your family, the land of liberty We're thankful for your sacrifice, your fight to keep us free We are America and we truly do believe You're the backbone of our nation, thanks to you we're living free We're a quilt of many colors and we breathe red, white and blue We're America, your country and America wants you It has been said that we are but one generation away from forgetting our history. Welcome to American Heroes Network, where we serve our American tradition. Your hosts are Gary Ray and Ted Griffin, Jr. In our program, you will hear firsthand the personal accounts of heroes whose unselfish actions have contributed to the traditions and values that represent the soul of America. You'll also hear from our partners and affiliations presenting news events and ways that our veterans and their families can rebuild their lives. Now, here are your hosts, Gary and Ted. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network. Once again, I want to thank Mac Davis for allowing us to use his song, America Wants You Anthem, for the beginning and end of our broadcast. My name is Gary Ray, along with our super informed co-host, Linda Crater, President and CEO for VeteransCaregiver.com. Good morning, Linda. Good morning, Gary Ray. Did I say that correctly this time? <laughs> no, it's VeteranCaregiver.com, just a Veteran. single. No S. Okay. Yes, sir. See? All right. I'm sorry about that. Not a problem. <laughs> Our host today has been on USNBC, Fox News, radio stations, and even front page of major newspapers. He is an OIF veteran and PTSD suicide survivor. He wrote a guide titled Welcoming Your Soldier Home and Travels Giving Speeches about his own suicide attempt and ways to stop future ones. He was only 19 years old when he joined the Army in 2007, an Army veteran of Iraq War who has a tattoo on his back of a permanent reminder of the day in 2010 when he attempted suicide. He said it's part of his past, so he put it on his back to keep it behind him. How unique. Let's welcome Army veteran Andrew O'Brien. Good morning, sir. Good morning. All right. <laughs> All right, Linda, you you uh, want to start this off, this interview? Sure, off? I'd, be, I'd be glad to. Andrew, Great. first of all, thank you for standing up to tell your story. It is a story of success due to a couple of factors, and I'm sure we'll talk about some of those today, partially when we're talking about this very challenging topic, it is really due to your learning trust, to trust again, and your ability to form 
peer-to-peer relationships that truly helped you along the way. So you are really hitting a chord with so many people across the country due to the terribly high suicide rate. And it is horrifying to know that there are three times the number of suicide attempts as suicides themselves. So thank you for standing up and speaking your story and sharing it with others. And thank you for for being on the show today. Perhaps you could just start with a little bit of your background and how you came to take this on as a calling. Sure. And first, I want to thank both of y'all for having me on the show. You know, I really appreciate it, and it helps spread my message. Um, So did you want me to go ahead and just start with my story and what, what happened? Absolutely, if you would. Okay. Um, So I joined uh, in 2007, and the reason I joined was um, I didn't grow up in a very close family atmosphere, and uh, my brother and I were the closest out of my family, and he's kind of my father figure. He's only two years older than me, but I really depended on him as a child. And uh, I went to go visit him. He actually joined the Army before I did, and he was infantry. So I went to go visit him in Fort Bragg, North Carolina, whenever I was 18, and I got to see what it was like for him and how him and all his friends interacted, the guys that he deployed with and everything, and it was amazing to to see that, to see that camaraderie and that family atmosphere. I mean, they they were all like real brothers, and, uh, and so seeing that, I, I decided I wanted that, so I decided to join myself. Uh, my brother, you know, he... He said that he'd be fine with it, but he begged me not to go infantry. And so I ended up going um, 88 Mike, which is a truck driver, and he actually wasn't too excited about that either. Um, but uh, so I joined in 2007, and I went to South Carolina to do my basic training, and then I went to Missouri to be do my AIT, my alternative training. And then uh, I got based in Schofield Barracks, Hawaii, where I will never complain about getting based there. It was beautiful out there. And um, in 2008, uh, I got to Hawaii in February of 2008, and I left for Iraq in October of 2008. And um, uh, we deployed to Iraq out there for a year from October of 2008 to October of 2009. And uh, during that time, I, I saw some rough things and things that I wasn't really prepared for, and I don't think, no matter what training you get in the military, it can never truly prepare you for what you're going to be witnessing and what you're going to see. That's true. And So I came back, and uh, when I first came back, I, I spent my 21st birthday out there in Iraq, so when I first came back, I kind of used that as a crutch, as an excuse to go and drink a lot. And I thought I was just doing it because I was just excited to be 21, but the truth was I was just trying to to forget everything that I saw, and so I, I started drinking a lot, and um, I, I wasn't able to have a successful relationship with anyone. Um, every relationship I tried would fail just because I, I wouldn't trust them, I wouldn't open up to them, and I just wasn't in a good place to really be in a relationship. And uh, six months after I got home, I decided um, that it was time to start getting help, and I finally decided to, to finally get some get some professional help from a psychologist. So I go and I start seeing this psychologist, and when I first start seeing her, she gives me a profile. And the profile is a piece of paper that says, um, this soldier can't do this for this reason. So on this piece of paper, it said that the soldier can't go to, fire, to firing ranges um, at this moment. He, he shouldn't be having, he shouldn't have a gun at, at this time. Hmm. And um, 
so I go and I take that piece of paper to my first sergeant and show her. Um, and then this first sergeant was a new one. It's not the same first sergeant that deployed with us. And this first sergeant had never been deployed to war before. And uh, I showed it to her, and she called me out in front of my whole company and said I was a piece of blank soldier. And you know, she just degraded me because of because because I sought help. And so she called me out, and so everybody in my company had known about my issues. And uh, after that, you know, I, I, it really aggravated me, and it was really hard to keep my mouth shut, but I wasn't going to let that stop me from getting the help I needed. And so That's I continued you. seeing seeing my psychologist, even though, you know, everybody knew and, you know, everybody was talking behind my back and everything. I didn't care. I, was, I still wanted to get the help. And um, a couple weeks later, my psychologist decided that, she she decided to downplay everything I saw, and she decided to say that she doesn't think that it really has the effect on me that I said it it was having, and that she was going to take away you know, that profile. And so I got angry when she started saying all this, and I told her if something bad happens to anyone or myself, it, this is all all on you. And uh, the biggest thing is with her, that was the first person I opened up to, and I completely trusted, and just told every detail of my stories to. And she, she burned me on it. And so after that, I decided to just stop speaking about it. And um, a few months later, I'd, I'd get home and decide to take some pills and take my own life because I couldn't handle it anymore, and I, couldn't, I didn't feel like I could talk to anyone about it. So, Andrew, when you spoke to both of these professionals, did either one of them refer you to someone else, or were you aware of other resources to talk to, or were you pretty much um, discouraged from looking further for places to seek help? Once I, once I had that first one, um, the great, like downplay everything and mm-hmm. break my trust, I, I never saw, I still to this day, I've never seen another psychologist. Okay. Wow. Unfortunate. No. Yes, definitely. And I, I I hate to ask this question, but let's just use a different term. Was that in, like an in-network type psychologist, if you know what I'm talking about? Um, she was a civilian, but she was she was working for the government. Okay. Okay. What was your actual MOS? Uh, 88, Mike. I was a truck driver. Okay. Okay. But while deployed, I was um, I I drove a truck for the first three months and the last nine months. Uh, I was a lead gunner, uh, pulled security for our convoy. Mm-hmm. And tell us a little bit about that. Uh, I guess your job was uh, uh, looking for landmines. Yeah, it was looking for um, make sure that there were no devices on the sides of the road, um, making sure that all the people on the sides of the road were showing me their hands when we drove past them. Um, it's you know it's a lot of pressure you because you, you feel like if you Pass a landmine, and someone in your in your convoy gets hit. It's all because of you, because you right. didn't catch it. So it's it's a lot of pressure. Big responsibility. Yeah. Wow. That's phenomenal. Now, uh, did you want to talk a little bit about more about that? Uh, how how uh, I guess driving and and that incident you had. Uh, I guess that actually uh, brought back some dreams of yours. Uh, made you dream of things, correct? Yes. Yes. And when, so, when that was all bottled up inside of you, you, you would have to talk to somebody about it. Correct. And 
you know, the biggest dream I had is a big thing that affected me when I was out there is we were on a, a normal mission that we went on, you know, on a normal route that we use all the time. And there was an MP uh, convoy coming the opposite way, and, you know, we just rotated our weapons, waved at each other, and went on. And uh, we complete our mission and start heading back to our base, and we find out that on our way back to the base, there was um, an IED attached to a tree on that same route, and it ended up shooting downwards into the gunner's hatch of uh, the lead gun for that convoy. Mm-hmm. And um, there were no survivors in that truck. And so we got back, and um, they had covered up the tarp, and or they covered up the truck with the tarp, and... Uh, they told us not to not to look in it. They were trying to protect us from it. But um, the biggest thing that went through my head was that that was probably meant for us because that was a it wasn't normal for the MP unit to come to our base. This was their first time coming, so you know this was a route that we always used. So I felt like it was meant for my truck, and so I felt like if I looked into that truck, it would keep me more aware because I was worried about getting. Um, that's the word I'm looking for. Getting sidetracked or just not paying as well as attention. Mm-hmm. And um, so I looked as a way to protect my truck and my people. I felt like if I saw the reality, it would help me stay more aware and more alert. And it definitely did, but it was the after effects of getting home that really that really hit home. Right. Now, Andrew, keep that thought. We're going to continue on right when we uh, come back. We're going to take a short break. Okay. Be sure to check out our be sure to check out our sponsor, First Class Merchant Services. I had an opportunity to meet with Josh, the owner, a very family oriented man that believes his family run business can and will save you money with the merchant services. What do you have to lose? Hundreds, maybe thousands per year? You be the judge. My name is Gary Ray, along with uh, Linda Crater and Andrew, and you're listening to the American Heroes Network, and we'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join your hosts Gary Ray and Ted Griffin Jr. as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Now there's a new destination for video content, VoiceAmerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, VoiceAmerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us surprise you. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com.
You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. And we were just talking to our guest, Andrew O'Brien, before our break. And uh, uh, I guess that was pretty. Uh, Pretty awful thing that you've seen there, and, and again, I can see where it's build, it would build up inside of you. Um, I'm a Vietnam era vet myself. I saw a lot of stuff out there, and and uh, I, I can imagine. Uh, well, put it this way, I can't imagine today because, uh, again, the past is the past. Um, you know what what goes on out there. Andrew, I would love to hear more about the fact that. Uh, in reading the articles about you and in our talking prior to this broadcast, one of the things that really helped you was being able to trust and talk with your brother. Can you speak somewhat to the importance or, or what you would advise family members to do uh, to support their veteran when they come back and they are seeking help because having people you can trust and to talk and who are aware and educated is really critical um, I'd love to hear more about that, if you could speak to that. Well, a big thing, um, whenever I attempted suicide, I, I didn't speak to my brother about what I had been through because he was infantry, and so I felt like I didn't deserve to feel the way I did because he saw worse. Mm-hmm. And so it felt I felt ashamed for being affected by the things I saw because he saw so much worse. And that's a big thing that's going on right now. And our veterans and our soldiers is they don't feel like they deserve to feel the way they do or like they, they shouldn't because they're soldiers and it's war and it's supposed to be normal and it's not and it's okay that way. Um, but a big thing that, you know, it, it took me until I woke up that next morning, luckily, after attempting suicide and talked to my brother to realize that he was there for me. And so a big thing that I pushed for is getting the veterans to open up to other veterans. Um, it's easier for us to talk to people who have been to the same places and through the same things mm-hmm. because they know mentally what we're feeling and what we're thinking. They've been in that exact moment. Um, and a, a huge topic that I like to hit on whenever I speak at my public speeches is that whenever your soldier comes home and they're finally ready to get that help and they want to go get some professional help, I suggest to families that they take their soldier and they go with them and meet the psychologist to make sure that they they feel like the psychologist is someone that they can trust. Make sure you get that good feeling from that person. Because once you break that trust, I mean, it's pretty much impossible to rebuild it. I mean, I've I've just started opening up about my experiences in the past couple weeks just with the media because I know that my experiences opening up these wounds will help eventually help other people but i mean i i completely shut down after i i've lost that trust with my psychologist andrew that is so critical when we're talking to lots of families sometimes they're just terribly concerned they know something is wrong something is different but the person's not quite ready to seek professional help or denies that they need professional help you said yourself that you had shut down for a long time what would you advise families who know that something is wrong, but the soldier or airman or marine is not quite ready to seek help, and yet 
the problem signs are, are visible? Uh, a big thing that I, I suggest is that a lot of veterans, they'll, they'll start looking up slowly, and it'll be sometimes there'll be just tiny stories from Iraq or Afghanistan or wherever they were. Um, a lot of times it's like they'll, they'll start with a funny story, um, something, that's, something funny that they did to each other while they were out there. Like whenever it was my birthday, they all held me down and shaved my head and <laughs> threw cake on me. And, you know, it, they'll start with something like that, and sometimes it'll start leading in another direction. And a, a big thing that I tell families to do is you, you, you give your 100% of your attention to them make them realize that you're really interested in what they're saying and ask questions, but don't ask the big ones. Um, a big mistake that uh, my my dad actually made is when I came home, the first thing he asked me is, did I shoot anyone? Mm-hmm. You'd never ask that question. Um, you don't ask big questions like that. All you say is things like, oh, so what happened next? Oh, so what was that like? How did that feel? You know, it, mm-hmm. things like that, just simple, small questions and not, not jumping to that big one. Because the biggest thing is families get so curious and they just want all the answers. They want to know exactly what happens in order to help. And the big thing is that you will, if you're patient, most of the time you will find out the whole story, but you can't push them to tell it. you got to let them kind of open up on their own. Now, you have written a, a handbook or a book that explains a lot of this. Can you talk about that, too? Yeah, um, it's titled Welcoming Your Soldier Home, and it's really just a, a 32-page guide. Um, and it's just, it hits the core topics on counseling, drinking, driving, and sleeping. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's just, it gives some, some small, simple advice. And I did it as just a way of getting out there the basic problems that we, come, that we face when we come home. And a, a big reason I did that is to make them realize that what their soldier is going through is normal. You know, we, we all went through it, and we all went through it in different ways. And so in my guide, I incorporate, you know, how I felt and handled situations, how my brother felt and handled situations, and how select friends, you know, handled situations. Because I've seen a wide variety. Everybody handles uh, coming back home in a different way. All right. Andrew, before we go any further, could, uh, why don't you let our listeners know what your website address is, where they can check you out more and, and, uh, and donate to help, help you out? Yeah, the, the website is wishproject.org, and wish is spelled W-Y-S-H project.org. All right. All right. Be sure to go there and and check uh, Andrew's stories out and, and uh, his dreams. I mean, you can all help him out and and uh, uh, help him get this book out to every family that has uh, someone in the military or not even in the military. <laughs> I guess it's good for either or. Yeah, well, t- talking about a hard topic is so critical to making a difference and opening the doors. There is a full-day program, for example, at Fort Belvoir uh, in Virginia on Saturday to talk about this. Andrew, is this something that you have found people willing to talk about? Um, are they eager to talk about it? Because it's certainly a topic that's in the front headlines these days about military suicide. Uh, a big thing I've noticed is you know, a lot of the leadership in our country is definitely very concerned about it, and, and they're trying. But the thing is, it's the soldiers are, are not ready to open up. Um, and that's actually what I've noticed that I'm helping with a lot is ever since, you know, my stories have been all over the news and people have seen me, 
I've had a lot of veterans contact me now, and I think it's because they see me vulnerable. They see me just out putting my story out there to the world and showing that I'm vulnerable. And so it feels like they, they can finally let down that, that little bit of a wall and open up to me. And I'm hoping that it goes viral to where other people start going public and it just becomes an issue that isn't, it's not okay to talk about. I, I'm hoping that that comes out of this. When you're talking to uh, groups, do a lot of veterans recognize themselves in your story? Yes, they definitely do. Um, you know, everybody's war story is different. Everyone's experienced different things, but most of us, as far as the handling the situations, we all pretty much do the same thing. We try to pretend like like we're extremely strong and we don't need help. And a lot of people turn towards drinking or some people turn just to being angry, just to angry at the world. And, you know, it, it's a normal thing. And so they, they, really, they really have that intimate connection with me because I've been through that situation and those feelings. And... The families, they probably recognize the symptoms that you're talking about, someone who might be angry or isolated or quiet. What do you suggest to the families? You mentioned earlier the small questions. What if there is not the ability to open the topic? Um, How do you counsel them for the patience it might take to get to that point? A big thing that that I suggest to people in every state I go to, I try to do a little research before I get there and find some um, veteran organizations. Mm-hmm. And I, I suggest to try and get them, their soldier involved in it. Most of them do like maybe some outdoor activities or a concert or something. And so you make it seem like, you know, you're not trying to get them help. You're just going to this concert, you know, put on by a bunch of veterans or whatever. And getting them back around that camaraderie, um, mm-hmm. it, it makes, it helps them open up some more. And uh, and so that's a big thing that I suggest to them, as far as being patient. It, it's you get them involved with these organizations with other veterans, and it'll just it'll help open them up and give them the reality that it's okay and that there's other guys out there, other guys or girls out there, going through the same thing. So in other words, battle buddies, peers, those who have experienced or maybe have witnessed other people experiencing what you did, is a very strong cord and and something that people should latch on to is that right yes mm. well done thank you you're, you're uh, welcome i want you to tell our listeners uh, the surprise we got this uh, when we got on the air earlier before the show uh you were invited somewhere yeah um i actually was invited back to sculptural barracks in hawaii um, where this all took place and so they wanted me to come out there and speak to about 1,200 soldiers. Wow. And uh, so I'll be going out there at uh, the beginning of July, most likely, and speaking to all the soldiers. All right. So, Andrew, your organization is going to be speaking out and, and talking about suicide. What are some of the other aspirations that you have with the organization and, and what you would like to do with it once your funding becomes stabilized? A uh, big thing that we're working on right now is a documentary, and um, the whole goal behind the documentary is that I want to be able to donate it to the soldiers coming back from war and their families, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll be, you know, I'll have a film crew traveling with me across the country to my speeches, and they won't just be recording my speeches, but we'll also be interviewing 
veterans um, who are opening up, interviewing families and other mental health professionals. And it's just like a way to for a veteran to kind of get help but in his own home, on his own couch. Um, it helps him realize that there's other ones. It helps him or her realize that there's other veterans out there who are experiencing the exact same thing and they're being open about it and you know once they realize that there's other people out there being open they'll finally open up themselves is my opinion all right well it's getting that time again for a short break um uh, again if you want to donate be sure to go to uh andrew's site which is wyshproject.org uh, and to learn a little bit about the american heroes network Go to our mobile site where you can listen to all the archive shows right on the phone. Just go to hero.ub1, that's the number one, dot co. And we'll be right back with our guest, Andrew. Uh, you're listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join your hosts Gary Ray and Ted Griffin Jr. as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Want to know what's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network host? How about what's new with our network? Make sure you check out the iRadio blog, a look at what's hot at Voice America and beyond. Visit www.iradioblog.com today. Get the inside scoop on every channel on our network, including breaking news, featured guests, blog posts from our hosts, and much more. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter for even more inside action. Visit iradioblog.com today and stay connected. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, Back to our program. Welcome back. And while we were on break, um, uh, we were talking, and Linda came up with a very good uh, question. Go ahead, Linda. Well, it occurs to me after talking with many, many families who have had this issue, some of our vets are agoraphobic. They're very, very angry. They have also had their trust betrayed in one way or another. And Andrew's tips on asking the small questions, being open to listening, being non-judgmental. Those are all very, very powerful um, tools for family members to use. I, I know that there is a lack of knowledge about how to approach families, and yet the battle buddies, um, the, the groups that people can become part of, uh, volunteering to help other people are all excellent ways to grow this. I was asking Andrew, how do we clone him and his ability to reach out and asked him to 
to speak to the fact that so many people are involved in programs, but they may not be exactly what they need. How how do families go about, again, assisting in uh, being part of the solution? Uh, a big thing is, um, you know, something I really want to hit is a couple of experiences. So uh, the first girlfriend I had whenever I came back home from Iraq, um, I had told her about, I didn't tell her my stories, but I told her that how it was affecting me. And her response was, um, well, you signed up for it. You should have known what you were getting yourself into. <laughs> and um, another girlfriend, um, just this past couple months, we were out, and I was supposed to go dance with her, and we were at a concert here in Austin. And uh, it, it still comes to me. It comes in waves, and there's times where I'll be in a bar, and all of a sudden my body will start heating up. It, I can feel my skin, my blood boiling, my skin turning red. I start sweating. I just get very paranoid in those situations at mm-hmm. times, and um, and she wanted me to, to dance, and I just I wasn't in that moment, and so she got upset with me, and you know a big thing that I try to tell families is don't make it noticeable that you're walking on eggshells, but you kind of have to, um, you kind of have to walk on eggshells and make them realize that, not make them feel unnormal for anything that they do or feel. Um, mm-hmm. And getting the families, as far as getting the, the soldier to open up, and I, I know it's hard for just me, but if you can get them, like, for example, everything I'm doing right now is helping everybody. is It's actually healing myself. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of people don't realize that. They, they think that I'm just fine. And I, I am a lot better than I was, but this is all a healing process for me as well, is finally opening up with that. And so if you can get them to feel like they're helping someone else, it, it, it's a really big aspect of, of the healing process. You know, sometimes there's just no feelings, you know. I know a lot of guys that got your John letters. I wasn't one of those guys, but I did receive a wedding invitation from my fiance while she was getting married to another man. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> it freaked me out. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, you know, again, um, uh, women have different feelings, and, and again, it's, you know, it's just the way it is. Um, uh, I guess they're hard to understand sometimes, right, Linda? Uh, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, again, uh, Andrew, we want to keep everybody aware of your site. Uh, at any time you want to throw in that website address again, let them know they need to help you out here. Uh, if they if they already donate and they can get the word out, they can you know tell other people about it. Um, I think I think that's what it's all about. Sharing you're sharing a lot here, and there's no reason why they can't share back. You know, one thing I really like that you just said and resonates, I'm sure, with a lot of our listeners, is that the walking on eggshells. That is the exact description that families talk about. Um, whether it's spouses, whether it's children, um, there's a change in the family dynamic. And sometimes it's very difficult to not show. You said try not to make it noticeable, which I think is valid, but sometimes it's impossible not to. What would you suggest to the family members to do, to, to kind of give themselves the therapy, the help, the outreach that they might need while they're waiting watching and hoping well a big thing with you know when i talk about veterans is getting them involved with 
uh, groups because everybody does better in groups to where they can communicate and bond over the same experiences. Mm-hmm. And I, that's something I really like to push for the families is there's a lot of family support groups who, you know, if it's a wife, you go out with a group of other Army wives or Marine wives or whatever. You you go out and you meet these people and you take time for yourself um, mm-hmm. because they're they're fighting a battle too. You know, and that's something I, I like to explain to the families is I'm not. I know I say that you know a lot of it is on you, and that means that they're actually in war with us uh, when we come back. And um, right. a, a big thing that I push for is. The, the man that you, the man or woman that you knew before they went to war is that's not them anymore. Um, and a big thing is there, there's going to be a lot of changes when they come back home, and things will get better. But to to be completely honest, they're, they're never going to be the exact same person they were when they before they left. Um, and so you really have to learn to you kind of have to learn them all over again and, and learn new things about them. Well, the reality is that everyone serves in a military family. The the children, the spouses, the parents, anyone who loves that uh, service member. And it, it is very important to talk about that. As you were trained, you mentioned that it's impossible to be fully trained for everything that you will see or experience. How do you feel that uh, the education was when you left or separated from the service? Was there... Uh, were there resources shared? Uh, was there any thoughts to what you should do if you needed help? Um, whenever I left, there wasn't much about mental health. Um, a lot of it was about finding jobs and resume writing, and that was mm-hmm. that was helpful. Um, but it, you know, the transition is a huge part, and in, in the suicides as well. It's because you go from a guaranteed job to where it's pre- pretty much impossible to get fired. To and you get free rent and food and everything, and then you go to a, a whole new world where they, it feels like you kind of just get thrown out into this new place, mm-hmm. and you have to find a way to support yourself and find a new job. And but uh, mental health definitely wasn't something that they hit on very much while I was do you, leaving. Do you feel like they're hitting on it more now? I think with these numbers, um, I, I believe that they are. Uh, I think they're trying really hard. With you know they they have a lot of things and they're, they're implementing new plans and they're trying to find new ways to work and, and they're, they're giving it an effort. It's just they haven't found the right thing yet. The, the right combination because there's probably not there certainly isn't one solution since everybody's experience is different. But there you're. The points you're making about peer support, about open communication, about family understanding and awareness. Um, again, your website is wyshproject.org, and the handbook that you mentioned is a, a fantastic tool for families to seek. Right. All right. And they can they can get that book on your website, right? Yes, they can, and it's also on the um, on the Nook and Kindle as well. So they can go to Amazon to obtain that. Yes. Or or Barnes Barnes and Noble. Excellent. No, oh, Barnes and Noble too. All right. All right. We're all familiar with that store. 
Again, if you ever have <laughs> if if you do have questions, be sure to um, uh, rather go to the site. There's a contact point uh, where you can contact and leave your questions uh, that you might have uh, for Andrew. Uh, again, that's wyshproject.org. And also, uh, if you have any questions um, that you don't want to go through us or, or any of our past guests, be sure to uh, send us an email at AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. Okay. A big thing that, that I also want to put out there is um, there's not one email that I don't respond to. I, it may take some time depending on how... Uh, how big everything gets, but I will respond to every email that I receive. That's fantastic. Great commitment. Now, Gary, break uh, time? Uh, almost, not just quite yet. Uh, we're almost there. I have there. a big question when we okay. come back. Okay. Well, meanwhile, maybe we can do some small talk. <laughs> we, <laughs> we, have a, we have about three minutes, actually. Okay. So. Maybe we can just fill in here uh, for that time being and come back with your huge question. Yes, Be ready for that one, Andrew. All right. <laughs> Andrew, talk again about the relationships. You mentioned that you weren't able to open up in, in relationships at first or they were that you were misjudged when you came in. Do you feel that part of that was a lack of understanding on their part perhaps, but have you become better at expressing your needs are or, or what is important to you, and has that helped? Well, a big thing with me is I'm still stubborn. <laughs> um, you know, and that's just my personality, so that, that's just difficult anyways. But, um, but yeah, I've become a lot better with, with my emotions, um, with just explaining how I feel. I'm very commu- I, I communicate a lot now and sometimes a little too much about what I'm thinking and what I'm feeling. But I do feel like I, I've, I've definitely gotten better at it. I'm not a master at it, and I still have a lot of work to do on that side of things. But I have gotten a lot better. That, that's tremendous. So, in other words, relationships are a two-way communication street, and it helps when both sides are aware of the best way to do things. Would that right. be accurate? And, yeah, and being as completely open about everything. Um, uh, don't don't have any secrets and make it okay to talk about anything that bothers you. Right. And I would presume a non-judgmental stance is also really important. Very. That that's probably the key. All right. Well, I'll tell you what, Linda. We'll go ahead and, t- and take a little bit, a minute early. Uh, we'll take our short break, and and I'm Gary Ray along with Linda Crater and our guest Andrew. You're listening to the American Heroes Network, and we'll be right back. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join your hosts, Gary Ray and Ted Griffin, Jr., as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. 
Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain inspired really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program. Welcome back. And as we all know before, Linda had a really good question. Go ahead, Linda. Well, I don't know if um, it, how gargantuan this rates, but to me it's <laughs> one that comes up a great deal when talking with families um, because suicide is a somewhat touchy topic. And in the past, many families have said, I, I wanted to talk, but I was afraid that if I brought up the topic of suicide that it might cause a problem. So what do you tell people, Andrew, especially family members, who say, I'm scared, I'm seeing what I consider to be suicidal thoughts or actions, and I don't want to cause a problem. What do you tell them? Uh, a big thing with that is um, the biggest thing with, with suicide, in, in my own experience, is that I felt like if I talked about it, I was going to be a burden. Like I was just in the way, or I didn't want people to feel like I was just begging for attention. Um, and so suicide bringing it up is really difficult and I, I wouldn't suggest actually bringing up the suicide topic. Um, not, not actually talking about suicide, but just, just their feelings, just getting them to open up about that. Um, because once the big thing is we come back and we, we have a very short temper, a very short fuse, um, and being talked to like that, even if it's going through our head, it, it, it's going to make people, most most people are going to get angry about it because they don't want you to know that they're feeling that weak. Because the mm-hmm. thing about feeling like you were ready for suicide is you you're very you feel very weak in that moment, and you don't want people to know how weak you feel. And uh, so I definitely do suggest that you, you you get them to open up about their feelings in any way possible, whether that's you know like I suggest the veteran groups or just being interested in their stories or. And there's, there's really not one answer to getting them to open up about their feelings, and you kind of just have to learn the best way to do that with that individual. But um, actually saying, you know, or actually asking the question, are you thinking about suicide? You know, that that's that can be that can lead to a bad place. You know, families get very scared when people come back different, and and fear comes out in maybe ways that they aren't wanting them to. So, as you say, perhaps going to events together, um, camaraderie, the battle buddies. Um, but but families are scared. They, they love their service members, and they want to do everything they can to support and not harm. So, as you're saying, uh, opening the door for talking, um, 
but not going directly to the, as you put it, the big questions, the hard questions, but going at it uh, perhaps in smaller bites. Would that be accurate? Right. And it, it's a long process, but it, it, it's something you have to be very patient with and, and just take the time and realize that it, it will take time. Absolutely. I, I think it would be a good time to also mention that there are times where talking isn't working and a crisis has erupted. I'm, I'm sure our listeners are aware, but we'll make it clear again. The VA runs a crisis line, which can be reached at 800-273-8255. And if you're a veteran, you press 1 and you'll be connected to them. There's a wonderful peer-to-peer line um, that the Marine Corps and TRICARE runs called the destresslineorg which is D stress, the word stress, S-T-R-E-S-S, line.org. And these both are helplines as well as chat lines and, in some cases, texting opportunities. There are events on suicide prevention running frequently. And as Andrew is being asked to speak in Hawaii, as I mentioned, there's one event in Fort Belvoir, Virginia, this weekend. And for family members, it's important to take a look and search for things that will keep you informed while you are walking this, as he called it, a patient long process road to better mental health. Um, would you have anything else you'd like to add to that aspect? Uh, something I really want to put out there, and this is the hardest part for families, is that they're worried about you know aggravating their soldier or getting them in trouble. But there are going to be instances where you do need to get leadership involved. Um, or there will maybe a moments where 911 needs to be called and they're going to be worried about the soldier getting mad or the service member getting mad at them or getting them in trouble. But if it leads to saving their life, it's worth it. Um, so don't, don't be intimidated by contacting people if it gets to that moment to where you really feel like that they need to be forced into getting more help. Absolutely. And in some cases, uh, family members are threaten themselves, um, and it's important to stay safe and to keep everyone safe. Better to be making that phone call than not. I, I'm really glad you said that. Gary? Well, I was wondering, Andrew, uh, when you go out on a tour, do you, do you go to the actual bases, or uh, are there just locations off bases that you go to, or how does that work? Well, tomorrow I'm actually heading to Iowa, and I'll be talking at the state capitol. They're actually uh, raising a PTSD awareness flag at the state capitol there in Des Moines. And, um, you know, I I do both. Uh, Just recently when the media has picked up more bases have been contacting me, and that definitely is a key interest in me. But another thing is I definitely try to uh, hit civilians as well because this is a a nationwide thing that needs awareness. It's not just the family, it's not just the military members. Correct. Now, how about the USO? Um, did you ever get together with the USO? I know they have a lot going on all the time, and, and uh, do they know your story? I've contacted them, and uh, I've never I've heard back like once or twice, but I think I haven't really heard back again. Hmm. I'll have to see what I can do there. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, again, they're you know they're 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 in more of the entertainment field than anything else. But again. Uh, you know, you you have a story here that needs to be told uh, to everyone, and like you said but, earlier, it's not just it's just not the military. It's just not 
military. Right. And there's one thing that I, I really want to put out there to everybody listening is that um, right now I'm working a full-time job and doing this. So I'm getting roughly four hours of sleep every night because I can't, I can't just focus on my job. I, I'm, all my focus is on this project. And uh, so I really need help with the funding of the documentary. And we have sponsorship packages with, uh, for anyone that owns businesses or knows owners of businesses. Um, we did just go nationwide on the news um, last week. And so it's, the publicity is there for businesses willing to sponsor. Wow. You know, if that's all right, uh, Andrew, what I'd like to do is uh, make you a partner on our site also. Um, we can share some links together, and and uh, hopefully it'll bring more visitors to your site. I appreciate it. Okay. All right. Andrew, thank you so much for sharing your story and and providing the, the toolkit, the, the booklet that you have, speaking to families, understanding the impact that it makes on whole communities. And through your words and your sharing, I, I have a very strong feeling that you will be affecting so many more people. You are definitely saved for a reason. Thank you. I definitely feel like I, I'm here for a reason as well. All right. Now, again, you're going to be going to Hawaii in the next couple of months and uh, say hello to Hawaii Five-0 while you're there. <laughs> All right, I definitely will. And uh, uh, we're also going to be in New Orleans in the middle of June and then Los Angeles at the end of June. That's so New fun. Orleans. All right. All right. Be sure again, it's wyshproject.org. Okay. Um, help Andrew out. Uh, it's, he has to get this word out, and that's what it's all about. Making yeah, sure that families let's reduce the numbers absolutely. Definitely, definitely. Well, we have about two minutes. Uh, is there anything you'd like to get out, Andrew, uh, that we didn't touch on? Um, trying to think of something. Okay. Uh, a big thing I had um, just to give listeners a little taste of what what's happened so far from my responses is I. After my article came out in the Austin newspaper, it, it hit front page, and I had a veteran contact me, and he said that, um, told me a quick story that every night he would load, um, he would take his clip out of his um, pistol, and he would take the bullets out, and for every bullet he'd think about putting back in the clip, he'd try to find a reason that he should live, and, um, and he, he wondered if God would forgive him for wanting to end the pain and the nightmares. And he said that once he heard my story, it, it gave him that that reinforcement that he needed and that he, he told me that I had saved his life. Mm. And this is something that I can do on a nationwide level with, with help. Fantastic. Wow. And again, uh, you know, again, we want to thank you for being on our show. We are coming to a close. And uh, Andrew... Uh, again, for taking this time out of your busy schedule to share this incredible story and also letting us know about the Welcoming Your Soldier Home Project. Uh, listeners, be sure to go to, again, wyshproject.org to donate. And, and uh, uh, Andrew, again, what we'd like to do is have you back on the show soon. Is that okay? Yeah, sounds great. Great, great. Linda, do you have any closing remarks? Just a huge thanks for Andrew for talking about what has previously been somewhat an untouchable topic, but that is so critically important that we reverse the number of suicides that are occurring each month and um, reduce the pain and frustration of families and veterans. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you all again. 
Thank you, Andrew. And this is Gary Ray and Linda Crater signing off. And thanks for listening to the American Heroes Network, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray and Ted Griffin Jr. again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of many colors, and we breathe red, white, and blue. We're America, your country, and America wants you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 